hello and welcome back to the expanse this is season six episode four readout i'm gonna miss this music i really am i'm gonna have to give it as a ringtone to someone who calls me enough i guess it's gonna have to be my mother but uh i really love jumping in every week and i can't believe it's only two episodes left and i'm starting to get melodramatic about it but not as melodramatic as some others but we are here to talk about another great episode written by dan nowak directed by anya adams i gave it a 9.4 out of 10 i really love the fact that this was very character based not as much action but we are definitely getting or propelling towards the next big conflict that is bound to happen and i like seeing where the characters are i like seeing what's unfolding on laconia which we will talk about momentarily and while some interactions aren't i think this is the only time in the entire series even book five or season five book five while there were maybe one or two things i missed from the book this is the only book where i'm having the the biggest conflict with the adaptation not that it is anything wrong with the adaptation it's just my own personal feelings having devoured the context of the book first prior to watching the the parallel universe so to speak <laughs> uh show so i'm reconciling that's that's the word i'm reconciling those two um or these two incredible pieces of fiction <laughs> um so jumping directly into the recap because we have a lot to discuss and it is soon to be a new year happy new year if you are listening to this before or after who are these laconians that is the question we pick back up on Laconia at Zahn's funeral. And it makes sense that they wouldn't have caskets. It would just be a table. Because at first I was like, why isn't he in a coffin? But then I realized, who the hell has wood around here to build coffins? It would make a lot more sense. Plus the way in which in space, everything is, is uh, recycled. So... It probably makes sense that this young boy is going to be recycled instead of buried. There's actually an article I was reading about the death of cemeteries because of how it and they are poisoning the actual earth and how once you have plotted on that land, like it's dead land, it can never be again. I'm pro cremation, just me personally. I understand my mom has a deep attachment for her religion when it comes to burial. However, there is a, a topic that's going around right now. If that's something that they're going to discontinue, 
but I think that that's going to be a matter of church and state. But I wonder with all of our concerns about the environment and how we're fucking that up and how it's going to continue to be more issues. Are we going to be able to separate what I mean and how we're responding to the pandemic? I'm not very confident (laughs) about how that is going to go down. Back once again to Laconia. They discuss how Zahn died in an accident with one of the vehicles. The driver is being faced with execution for his quote-unquote crime with the soldiers discussing a firing squad. Now, I'm not saying that the, that the accident should be investigated, but just for the sake of contextualizing what may be like oh maybe he was drunk driving da 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 there is some culpability on on both sides because it's almost like as if like this was the hugest issue in the new york when they started getting so many vehicles on the road is that people would or children would more often than not step out in front of vehicles there were no crosswalks there were no you know you had maybe some officers directing traffic but that's only in the the more downtown congested areas but on streets there was no regulation and we see Kara running around (laughs) and how she almost got ran over last time so it is in its essence a true accident for the the uncolonized atmosphere that they are at a lot of people la- i was laughing because a lot of people were like where's children's services <laughs> for Kara? she can't be running around all by herself that is such a um that is so relatively new in society i mean even going back one generation kids just did whatever the fuck and parents <laughs> were in the house and let their kids run buck fuckity wild uh it's it's crazy to me the concepts that we we now it's not to say one shouldn't be concerned but those are things that are rather modern and uh you have to think going to these new planets these new worlds it is a little bit like going back in time because all of the old rules i I mean you're bringing other things to that planet that are more modernized but some of those same ideas of you can't be everywhere at all times the parents need to work there's no thing called daycare <laughs> you know things gotta happen the most exciting thing about the scene was Kara sitting alone and then joined by admiral duarte evil give the hell out now book readers i don't mean to to put you out of the conversation or non-book readers but I do want to know how you felt about the casting of Admiral Duarte. I'm not sure what I expected, but it wasn't what I imagined and pictured this entire time. But I don't necessarily feel, I am not entirely sure why, but I had a completely Hispanic picturing of this character. 
and I am 99.9% sure that it is nothing the book indicated <laughs> that made me feel this way. <laughs> that aside, I still didn't, I'm not sure about um, if he, if the actor, it's only been one scene. I like what he had to say. I like his, um, his stature. I'm just, again, reconciling. But the conversation they have is interesting. He tells her when uh, people die, they don't mean to lie about their grief, that it's okay. Uh, but they need something to move on from the sadness and that he once loved the place. And the loss of it was terrifying. And I'm guessing we're talking Mars because he says he's from Mars and he's the breakaway faction. Mars fell apart he was sad angry frightened and he decided that he needed to make a sacrifice to make it sacred the dream of mars still matters this sounds very familiar to some rhetoric we heard in season five or is it season four yeah on mars where the dream of mars is not dead all of those uh, posters and things like that. So when you're asking yourself, who are these Laconians? What do they believe? What are they trying to do, build, achieve? This is the, the beginning answers to those questions of why they broke away in the first place. Which is critical to why they are relevant to the beginning of the events that started everything that's happening now there are bigger questions to be asked about marco his success um it's not taking much all it took was one card out of his deck and the whole thing falls apart that's a terrible analogy but you know where i was going with it <laughs> Uh, like a stack of cards take one card from the stack of cards at the deck that's where i was going and we see that he's not a good politician he's not even a good fucking leader so why would someone like this guy that you're meeting now someone like the guy previous who couldn't even allow his own person or his own lieutenant to have a bracelet that connected her to her past why team up with marco what's happening while the other while the eye is on the other problem and he continues that if we can achieve the dream of mars here that it'll make all the pain and suffering and grief worth it even the parts we had to give up along the way the dream of mars was to be the dominant power in the solar system to lead the way into the future to lead the way into the stars the stars have opened in a way no one could have ever predicted with these 1300 worlds so we're starting to formulate an idea of this breakaway is just not 
I want to find my own piece of land and stump my feet on it. This seems to lead to a greater thought process than just a rogue faction. Um, he continues, no one can stop us from going for the rings, something he equates to Zahn going out onto the road. But someone has to keep them safe or try, otherwise he's pretty bleak about it all. Sensing him sad, Kara reaches out and tells him to keep trying. And it's a, it's a point to Admiral Darte's skill set, right? He doesn't seem irrational. He feels like a leader who not only came to the funeral, he uh, offered comfort. You know, he's there for the family. He, he tends to punish the person who did this. He seems as if he is someone with a goal in mind. Kodazar runs in searching for the Admiral, frantic. And just with one look, though, Kodazar from the Admiral, Kodazar shuts the fuck up. He apologizes to Kara for her loss and that she couldn't see Paris. Like, he learned that little detail about the family before he even went, about the little girl. But thinks one day they will have one of their own. Once again, we're getting an idea that this person has plans that aren't... <laughs> While everyone in the solar system can barely eat, he's making plans on a grandiose fa uh, fashion. And damn, he is tall. Kodazar tells him he thinks slash knows he can turn quote-unquote it on after it responds to some patterns. And in space, we get a good look at Tempest, and I'm just going to name Jopper because it is. She looks sexy. Kara steals her dead brother's corpse and heads into the woods. So I am very, very uh, curious to hear the differing opinions on Admiral Duarte. Of course, if you're not a book reader, this person is just a guy. But I'm sure book readers are losing their shit. So we're letting you know <laughs> it's important. But for book readers, uh, I'm curious to know what that first... I'm going to go on Reddit and find what that first impression was. Because I didn't... I, we were speculating if we were going to get him. I didn't think that we were going to get him. But I'm pleasantly surprised that we did. And I think they're just going to give us the full, the full book version... I'm wondering if we're going to get the, I think, yeah, I think it's going to end with one of the more shocking parts of Strange Dogs. <laughs> um, and I won't speak any more about that because that I think is going to be one of the biggest payoffs of the story arcs. And I have to point out, I didn't last episode um, because quite frankly, I could barely see what it was. I knew it was there was clearly protomolecule mixed in with the drone but i could not clearly see it on the first watch it on the bird i knew it in my mind but i wasn't sure if it had been shown but yeah the the fact that the mama bird doesn't quite look like the mama bird anymore um <laughs> so the way in which children interpret things oh you fixed it quote unquote 
what does that mean for the thing that is fixed on Zenobia UN in and Martian command watch Sandrani give a speech about shutting down the idea of peace between the inners and the belters as they blame them for the explosions on the station Sandrani is an interesting character while I understand that they're for the belt they also don't seem to be using logic I understand not wanting to go back complacent under the boot of the inners but you were left high and dry and I guess in their mind you guys only showed up because you wanted to take the station for your own benefit this place has always been for your own benefit however they have to know that Marco is also undercutting the belters that they themselves say they fight for so I don't um, it, they're a complex character but I also wish that we got more of their viewpoint yeah they're grateful that the inners are being you know nice <laughs> not murdering them seeming to want to help out and I'm sure there are many belters that are appreciative of that however they're also kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop and in their mind marco's leadership is between their people let them handle it except they don't have a way to handle it now do they and that is the conundrum right they continue this we don't want to be under the oppressor we want our freedom and while they're willing to come in and and save the day usa <laughs> america and many other foreign countries they're also there for their benefit and trying to circumvent the culture and interfering in there you know that's when things can get very problematic if they actually don't have their voice in the government it's their it's you know your politically backed figurehead that allows you entry into the goods of what the people have to offer while also continuing to to um, re-emphasize their station um also i didn't point this out last episode but both both mars and earth they get a sample of the protomolecule and turn it into a weapon and the belters experimented with it to create food and i think that speaks very very much to the magnitude of their culture we've seen the the pirates we've seen the you know and even piracy seems to be a, a culture that's not the same you know it's been hijacked by these these people that only want to focus on the hatred um and so you have other belters that are simply no matter what you know prax that was his home ganymede was his home his his you know his daughter was taken from there he he was experimented his daughter was experimented on by inners and yet hey you're starving i know what it's like to starve if i have to give it's kind of like the belters thing uh your bowl may be plentiful the more you give something to that effect 
that is belters and that's why i was so keen on getting the documentary which you know they gave me a a, a version of it and i accept that <laughs> as if all things need to be run by me however that's what i was so interested in seeing on how rich that that culture goes and it's not just oh we struggle we struggle it's how we cope in that struggle how we find beauty in the the bleakness of our own existence and i think that's a very beautiful thing to showcase and even marco for all his faults saw the sample as a bargaining chip as more so than a weapon for himself because that's just even though the most terrorists of terrorists would rather throw rocks at earth than use some biological chemical to experiment to unleash hell all over the damn place that's just not <laughs> yeah they'll, they'll let the inners fuck with that shit but you know they're not down for that that's not who they are as a people <laughs> inherently it's not the belt style so i i thought that was very very good writing to showcase that because the other two just want to be the dominant force and the other just they just want to live man <laughs> kumbaya that shit while the un has proof it was belter mines that caused the explosions the inners have lied too often that the truth is hard coming from only the enemy which is why it's problematic that no one that that is a, a hero for the belt like hamina drummer which i think is about to step into that that void because that's the biggest thing with the belt right now which that's the biggest uh difference in the book marco wasn't just strutting around oh he was trying to strut he but he, he had uh people definitely looking at him like yeah you may have won a seat at the table with your fucking ships but you ain't running shit <laughs> it was not a dictatorship it was way more democratic and he definitely you know he was up against people who've been doing it way longer than him and got as much street cred if not more <laughs> he's a rising star young arrogant but yeah there was wisdom in the room despite the loss of life christian won't abandon the station they did lose two frigates as well and points out the fact that the belters uh, did die as well as their own she wants to head to the ring and secure medina station carino that is uh, christian thinks that's exactly what marco expects so she declines she informs my guess is the prime minister or maybe uh, whoever is above her who plans to conduct this tactical mission alone we shall fight on the beaches we shall fight on the landing grounds we shall fight in the fields and in the streets we shall fight in the hills we shall never so now god damn it carino is on my death watch list <laughs> monica is with the deceased she's visited by christian and her boys who are appalled that she is recording however monica recalls she has full access and she is still doing her job and Avril Sarala's like, hey, gotta respect the game. 
on the rossi holden tells naomi the fleet is tracking them the series so no more surprises naomi is compiling all the data on the pella and intending to start a manhunt for that ship i'm gonna get that son of a bitch and you know she's feeling even more responsible and the fact that people are probably like oh the rossi let him get away <laughs> then she finds out that you know what was not she believed to be true she was guilty about anyway actually was true <laughs> just to pile it on further her standard of the season or this season bobby and amos or say amos I always go amos and amos amos are in the machine shop just broing it out pissed about the pella and keeping their hands busy then the alex song comes on when he was drinking on the Rossi, chasing bubbles in space, that was probably my favorite Alex Rossi scene. So it was nice to reminisce for a moment as they sung. Peaches calls Amos to view something important. She was checking their torpedoes per instructed and finds in the logs, James aborting the missile. She's like, not my business above my pay grade, even though ain't nobody giving you a check and amos remarks he will handle it girl you get room and board only <laughs> on the pella marco is being his best self i'm one of the baddest motherfuckers of all time I'm one of the best singers one of the best looking motherfuckers you've ever seen hold my drink bitch he is a whole ass toddler for real if y'all have not there are people still i went to my second chat on uh pea pep pea peppers did i say pete's peppers um check that out on youtube but i went on my second chat with them and there really are like it's only one person and i'm not sure if they're just trolling but no i think it's two people have a tendency to agree that marco is somehow this genius he's uh you know he may be flawed and i loved he and alexander's interview on tying that guy uh last week because he has a real good understanding of his character. Marco doesn't see himself the way other people see him. He thinks he's doing the right thing. And the fact that they don't touch as much in the show. Because you can't. You cannot give the full expanse story <laughs> in this show. So some things are unfortunately not as thoroughly explained. So that some people who may need that little bit more massaging to get it. Uh can can follow what they're they're trying to say here but yeah marco started off as in a good place he has a good reason to hate belters i mean they don't even go about how they the belters really did try to make their own home and how the inners unanimously said well fuck that shit that's not gonna happen and they actually succeeded in doing it and they literally said yeah we're gonna blow that shit up so there's so much justifiable anger and it only continues throughout uh and it's with uh, it's the next generation you know they don't make it to the age where they might get some actual wisdom so the cycle continues with the the belter hatred it's generational so marco in a sense truly is that's what we mean by he, he's a product of what the inners bred 
but that does not mean he himself is a um, a martyr in any capacity he is he wants to be the pirate king he doesn't want to be the president of a new civilization and not only that he thinks he's not he sets himself apart from the thing that he's supposed to be helping like the disassociation of you know where we're the naros so it's a it's a world of two in marco's mind and if it needs to be it'll be a world of one which it really is because the world of two is an extension of him <laughs> and thus it's only when he makes him look good is that it's that you know marco's not emotionally um mature either right uh, uh uh he he loses the love of his life and his first thought was well i have to keep her at all costs and that's gonna be to, to take the thing that she loves most to make her stay that's not that's a, a failing on the part of the person and everyone we see that comes out of this bad situation doesn't turn into people like marco you know naomi has just as much righteous anger as marco talks about she never backs down from that but she also is able to see the rational and logic on trying to be one people instead of trying to be she doesn't want to lose her identity these are still her people but she knows why they're angry and she knows that the inners are still the problem but she doesn't want to make every inner responsible for what only a few are responsible for doing right because even on earth they're fucking suffering <laughs> they're not living the good life yeah they're living a better life than the belters but everyone likes to be one step above on the rung and that's like sad when like the irish and the the blacks were almost considered the same until eventually the irish rose a little bit because they didn't want to be the the i won't say the derogatory end term but they were all considered one at one point but they needed to differentiate because they they wanted to be a part of it you can't escape wanting being the part of uh what is and, and remember the joke about the whiskey and you saw that marco was drinking whiskey or bourbon something to that effect he hates the inners and yet he is uh he's behaving and even uh they talk about the the alligator vest they're hoarding things that the inners have they want that power uh even lucky earther just so much so much well done complex writing in this episode that i really really um love that they're taking all these big ideas and and reinforcing them so after hearing that one of his ships is wrecked it cannot be salvaged uh and that a skiff is on the way to fix the pella he blames the the ship's performance in battle for their own issues and orders two senior officers from the lobber to be spaced while rosenfield watches on these niggas crazy as fuck she probably had no understanding that the Anaros family she joined up with would be this much of a fucking hot mess that she's trying to keep together between Philip and Marcos. 
she tried to point out it was counterproductive but he tells her if the captain calls back to try to get you to change his mind space him as well then basically space yourself if you keep pushing philip joins the repair technician tato as he has been assigned to fixing the hull except he's never repaired one tato is uncomfortable with the boss's son at first he was all like where the fuck you be oh you are not the person i expected boss (laughs) straightening himself out the thing of it is people who fear you don't respect you and thus they will turn eventually against you (laughs) so this whole idea that marco thinks keeping his crew in this state of nervousness he has no friends and that only makes them enemies eventually he uh is a little bothered by this treatment though philip wants to be normal but he's not he's never been raised to be normal that's not his fate he tells him look you're in charge you just tell me what to do it kind of is like royalty in a way the expanse tale if you take it out of just these are regular people if you're these are people that are going down in history they're they're going to be written engraved for thousands of years to come naomi holden Part of me feels, and this is my feeling I got from reading the book as well, is that Marco wanted his name down in history too. It it just appalled him that she would go down in history with her new family. She's the savior. She's she's a the dream they had. She now has with Holden. Not only that, it's you. Uh, it's with unifying the the inners with the belters which is something marco can never accept right there can be no no pacification between the two there could only be one (laughs) there could only be our revenge so yeah the the betrayal in his mind of that uh and the fact that he had her son it does turn a little bit into historically a, a bit of a, a melodrama of regular people that in it in their own actions have become way bigger than they intended ever to be so not just celebrities is what they call themselves it's their iconic figures there are they are there are no titles anymore but if you were gonna give them out <laughs> Um, you would have Marco right now declaring, I am the king of the belt. This is my son, the prince of all the belters. I basically, and he is going down at that. He, you can't take that. No matter how it fails, you can't take away him ultimately breaking the chain. Now, what comes afterwards is the true work. But that was never what he was interested in which is why in a sense he will always say i'm going out never breaking but inwardly because he's a fucking child he put his child in the in the frame because if he is going to go out 
then he is gonna make sure it's with the ultimate amount of pain to the woman who hurt him but he, if he must die it will be for glory and that's the worst thing you can do is try to at this point mar that image for how he's remembered in the history books so um another rabbit hole i went down <laughs> i'm trying not to i really like tato we're gonna get more scenes with him but i think he was the perfect person for philip to have uh have a little bit of rapport with rosenfeld intruded before they were ready to leave uh he was ear hustling she tells him look his father was wrong you know you did well in battle however he needs your support he needs your counsel you can talk to him like no one else can he's like uh yeah i'm not apologizing and what do you think would happen if i shot you in the face and she correctly says well you would have tried to uh, felt bad about it and tried to compensate basically you are the humane part of your father and thus you need to stay by his side because he's losing his shit <laughs> all right <laughs> if you are not feeling a certain light and i think that that is what rosenfeld is doing she's trying to navigate these two uh, egotistical personalities to try to make it work this is uh i've seen this particular role in many <laughs> in many um history books uh, like maniacal you know they're batshit crazy you know they're illogical however they've also got this thing called freedom and they don't want it to simply slip away just because the head at the snake isn't the right head we can put another head on the snake because <laughs> another head could pop back up but we still need to retain what we've gained in uh in what we've already sacrificed for there goes that word again philip once again uh declines like no nah, i'm good while helping amos with repairs on the rossi amos points out he knows about the torpedo as they're both atop the ship uh, of course you know that holden loves to make chit chat and he asks if he needs to lock holden out of the weapon system he doesn't know why he is out here amos if they aren't trying to kill marco and needs him to explain it to him uh, holden gets a bit defensive and amos surmises that you must not have a good reason if you can't tell me what that is and here is another uh bit of where amos himself is rather what and i'm kind of surprised at this to be to be fair because the interaction doesn't go like this in the books of course uh, another change and this is one i'm having a little bit of difficulty with because whether amos understands or not fully he ultimately inherently trusts holden and understands the situation in some capacity the show version of amos seems to have 
no concept he doesn't grasp why the people around him seem to be in a place of pain depression and i know that he doesn't particularly you know process those feelings the same way but they seem to have given him absolutely zero alertness to why people may have chosen the way that it needed to be broken down to him in this manner i understand him being upset about it that i because i already knew that was coming that's why i didn't touch on it too much and i think him saying you know you need me to lock you out of the comms it's almost to say in the books it came off as like i i get it i get your dilemma if you need me to step in for you so that you don't make this decision like you can't you're incapable of not doing what you need to do i got you but it wasn't so much of you fucked up you need to explain to me why you why you just made the wrong decision and i trust you to make the right decisions it's it's putting it's the same issue he did with naomi in the first two seasons which i kind of had a problem with uh is his his um need to put people on pedestals instead of realizing they're human flesh people and while they might have good reasons they still make mistakes they try to do the right thing but it doesn't mean that they're the pinnacle of what is right so once he is out of favor or he feels any types of, of uh, dissonance between that he gets he gets angry and there's no empathy going the other side and i feel like the amos that i am more familiar with would have it and i feel as if the amos in the past seasons would have had i don't know maybe you know i'm not uh maybe i'm blind to something i'm not fully comp or, you know picking up with the character that maybe i missed but it, it doesn't it, it just i don't know it's really weird <laughs> to me that he would would uh knowing it's a child too and i know he didn't see philip on the screen and sure Holden could have told him about that but i think once amos knew he knew that naomi was gonna know which means he's gonna have to tell naomi <laughs> so of course he got defensive and that's a natural reaction it's not saying it's right or wrong it's just natural just as it's natural for amos to be mad about that decision like you just made another unilateral decision without consulting your team and we're all on a team mission and that was a hard decision but i don't like a lot of people were mad at holden and i get that but it's also not surprising even in the slightest that holden <laughs> would put himself if anything as i stated last episode he's pretty much did the right thing he continues to sacrifice you know last season the only thing he did wanted to do was go after naomi and yet he prioritized he continues to prioritize he continues to chase doing the right thing and it puts his family in more danger you know he's lost alex he continues 
I mean, take it from his own PTSD is that in his mind, I can't lose Dave. I can't lose any of the rest of my family. I can deal with you being angry at me, but I can't deal with you hating me or walking away from our family. <laughs> and while he eventually, I think he probably will explain to Amos because they all just, they decided to, all to but, but they are, they're not in a place, like I said, to heal, you need to be in a place where you can do some talking. <laughs> and they're not in that position whatsoever. But yeah, I was not let down by the scene. But I was really questioning the characterization of Amos in that moment. There's a child involved and he wouldn't have a little bit more of... I don't know an opinion on that <laughs> wondering if it's affecting and that's what I would have expected I would have expected him to be like Naomi's kid was on that ship you need me to lock you out of weapons I feel as if he would have gotten at least that much and they gave him none of that credit Philip is getting skiff training being taught to do something useful and is proud to patch his first hole until he hears from the news feed about the series explosions philip gets distracted and almost loses the part however tato is able to retrieve it and apologizes for his error uh, but philip understanding he was wrong says his skiff his rules after he had yelled at him for his loss of concentration when he got uh, caught up in the news reports i would like to say this episode despite what is happening with the words coming out of philip's mouth is probably the pinnacle of philip hitting his um he's on e when it comes to his stress and how much he's going to be able to take before he breaks and i think he broke at the end of this episode um i think he broke in, in ways that we will see hopefully unfold next episode more vividly because i still feel as if the show is being ambiguous with philip but i feel interpreting because i'm in the the mind of the character from the book and they could still go a different route that's definitely and that's the reason why i think they're keeping it ambiguous for us book readers to say hey that might not be the fate something else might happen so good on them for keeping me on my toes but i do see much more of the conflict than i think uh from a lot of feedback others are seen within his character but i think this is the first big i think he got like three punches in the solar uh solar plex and this was the first one he didn't know nothing about them explosions on series he knows immediately when he hears it that his father is responsible and then right afterwards he and tato start discussing his brother who is on series he's worried about him his name is moss he's a troublemaker and a thief but when their parents died he was an orphan so he had to take care of him he imagined not being able to take care of yourself but needing to take care of someone else when you yourself are a child or a young adult that is the life of a lot of these belter children growing up we met diego i thought he was the perfect um 
the perfect life cycle <laughs> to go through of someone who's just a a belter kid trying to get by who gets caught up in this uh goes through several experiences that are traumatizing and then becomes angry and then that anger turns to to um uh, what's the word militarization and then he gets caught up and then he ends up changing from someone that we used to love to someone who we all were cheering when that elevator fell on him and uh that's where you can see that that little bit of empathy one can see for people who grow up like marco but then it should also be given even more respect for the ones that overcame that particular hatred or that particular life to do something better like drummer like naomi like all the other good belters we've seen turns out Moss the brother also cannot uh, go out he's like you sure he does it? but apparently he has a sickness that prevents him from going outside and so he stayed on series his entire life reminding me of miller imagine just not being able to go anywhere ever your body won't allow you to guess who else philip knows that wanted to adapt to a life somewhere but their body would not allow them to it was nice to see philip laugh and joke with someone you know a stranger someone that is his people marco was raised to revere or to be revered um and he's more like sin and naomi because sin raised naomi it makes sense so his father while rape did not completely raised him he ra he was raised to be the man that his father wanted him to be but those influences of those better angels still made their impact and you can see it in scenes like this when he is away from his father's influence it's still there but he's able to check himself on the rossi naomi is still filtering data love the subtle coffee cup in zero g then when the blue lights come on his gravity is restored her very instinctive grab of the coffee cup or mug just routine Jim, uh, Jim comes in to come clean after remarking how similar mother and son look it's like i saw him on the screen looking so scared she's like why are we talking about this he admits he couldn't kill him because he couldn't put that between them i don't care how much it totally was wrong and a selfish decision and naomi isn't happy that he let the flagship of the the free navy go as she tried and failed to save her son but jim points out she is pretending that her experiences don't matter or her feelings but he watches the toll that it's taking on her and it's it's uh he can't just simply have added <laughs> that last nail in the coffin she responds with she could have martyred herself to motherhood she could have sat and been philip's mother and chosen to go along with the genocide for the sake of motherhood but she chose not to and she knows that she tried her best and that effort that is the only thing she has to hold on to 
Because if Philip dies, which she wants to win this war, she wants to take down Marco, which means Philip is going to die. That's the only thing that she's holding on to, and she doesn't want him to take it from her. She also doesn't want him to stop owning her mistakes. You know, I feel bad if he kills someone because it's going to feel as if, you know, you saved his life for me. But that's when he said, I did it. No, not for me. <laughs> I did it for us. Um, so, yeah, it's like I suspected. I, I, I want it's easy to, to fault him in the bigger scheme of things. But life goes on, man. <laughs> life does go on and he's thinking about the next 30 years of his life uh with the woman that he wants to spend the next 30 years with or the rest of his life and he does not want that he he's like shit i don't want that on me sorry not sorry, <laughs> really not sorry. <laughs> hashtag not sorry and I saw, and I really can't, I just don't fault him. It's easy when you're stepping back, looking into it, but shit. In that moment, in that split decision, with his face on the fucking screen, eh, she looking, eh. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's not an unreasonable decision. I don't agree as well. Naomi's a big girl. She can take it. But as stated, um, he's like, look, I, that was all about me. <laughs> I will own my mistake. But I, I don't regret it. On the Pella, Tato and Philip are clearing debris and find the disarmed torpedo. I love that he was all scared and Tato's like, oh, I'm stuck. I'm stuck. And he's like, I'm going to get you hope. <laughs> He's like, you're a fucking asshole. And I was like, oh shit, wait, he's gonna get evidence that because it says disarmed. So I did have a question mark in my notes, and then it happened. Drummer and crew are at the supply depot. This was very random, I will say. It's my only critique. It's them just being up in space. I was happy we were just getting into the action, but it did come very weirdly for some reason just i don't know it's just almost like a record skip okay we back on track we back on track clearly they are meeting up with someone soon the supply depot as they find people in crates and they also uh have a little shit out there so we got some action in the episode they did miss one of the guards and Kamina takes him out. However, she was about to be hit by a crate. Joseph saved her and is pinned in the process. Michio, my sweet dear heart, has a moment to shine as the hero. Uh, she unfortunately, they can't stop the bleeding or they need to keep it pinned in. She has to come over, transfer to the supply depot. And she's able to cut off his arm. I loved her like i fucking love you but this has to happen <laughs> and she took out that knife didn't even flinch walker was all of us oh fucking hell he has the best one lines i love him it's only been three episodes and i love this man back on the rossi bobby is still mad venting in the galley 
about the the, the one in billion chance of them <laughs> not catching Marco and needs to go work out. Clarissa tells Holden, who looks at the cusp of confessing, that Bobby doesn't need to know. This is a crew thing, and that she was the one that told Amos. Um, she heard it wasn't much of a conversation. She tells him with the moment that she decided not to kill him is when he and Naomi were uh, facing down all those guns on the bridge of the behemoth at the time. And he stated everyone should stop uh, searching or reaching for violence instead of, you know, not. She points out she killed a lot of people. And despite the remorse, they will always haunt her. And that's what I was trying to you know explain last episode what i meant you can't rob the character of atonement of their of their own internal struggle just because someone's forgiven them yeah but they still themselves like clarissa is a very complex character and i actually feel like they're shortchanging her in the show I liked uh, what they did with the, um, well, I liked and disliked it. I'm, I, I got a small confession to make. I'm not the hugest fan of the characterization of Clarissa. I haven't hated it, but I'm not as keen on the actress's choices. It's, um, it's going for it, and it seems to be working with most of the fans. So that's why I haven't really <laughs> talked about it much. Because, of course, people think, oh, she can, can, she, can Naomi. It has nothing to do with Naomi. It has everything to do with the actress, not the character or anything. <laughs> I, I just don't think she's playing it as, as much as I would like to see, you know, the emotional toll. Because Peaches, Clarissa never forgives herself eternally for what she did that is a massive like she is in 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 you know i think someone mentioned and it may have been the book that's why i was getting confused the facts from the show uh but even here it, it clearly i thought it, they said it was only two people she cared more than two people i killed a lot of people so their answers to that question it's canon <laughs> so people can stop arguing with me that she only killed like one or two people so yeah you just don't wash that away it's not just holding she you know can beg forgiveness for it's a lot of people who lost a lot of family members that may rightfully feel like naomi that you should be in a jail cell okay your friend got you out of a tough situation and didn't leave you to rot sure but it doesn't mean that you shouldn't be serving out your sentence for life uh and just because this crew or these five people or Amos feel that you've atoned enough or they've forgiven you and moved on, that's not everyone else that she's hurt. And that's not really a fair, it's not really a call for them to make, which is why this family, you know, you never really, you can't take any of their sides because they all do the same shit for the right reasons that they believe to commit to and in the end because we trust and love these people we agree with them even when we disagree with them we're still on their side 
most of us that aren't for other reasons that they need to explain to their own soul <laughs> us rational people know that that is just how this crew rolls so when they try to point fingers at each other well you made this universe you all do that's what you do that's why you're family <laughs> on series monica uh oh he teases her about all the salt that she put in that damn food i was like that is so damn disgusting i'm thinking lasagna or red kibble gotta come back right Naomi was looking at her son. Oh, I forgot the last words that she said. Because I really appreciated what she told him. Um, that basically never feel bad for not killing someone. No matter what people try to tell you. As someone who's killed someone. You know, look how he reacted when he had to kill those people. Those scientists that were possibly going to infect everyone else. Because they were being stupid and wouldn't just stay where they were. <laughs> uh yeah that and look how that fucked him up like you got your reasons for not putting blood on your hands in that particular reason that blood on your hands don't regret it so then back on series monica shows christian her news footage and the aftermath of the explosion i like that they showed not only you in helping their own but you saw belters helping you in you saw belters helping each other but you also saw the fear um you see this old man who's talking about uh what he wants and it's simple water air freedom basic commodities of life he says it's the people that just want more hate and the ones who just want to live he is tired of the hate and can't wash his hands as there is no water and he calls his cat lucky earther and spoils him because earth itself has so much the basic things they wanted <laughs> you couldn't even afford these people which is what monica wants to make the point about avasarala thinks it makes them look weak she thinks it makes them all look weak and that maybe the earthers need to see the uh, the belters as more human than they have been now you know what it's like to be belters these people are not just belters they're humans like you and yet you keep trying to um categorize them that's the whole thing with fucking mars and earth we gotta cat you can have your own culture without not forgetting you're a human being back on the tiny kamina watches her injured family uh joseph's gonna regrow an arm it's gonna hurt like a bitch but that's the great thing about uh the technology they have now you can regrow some shit and decides it's time to take back authority in the belt she takes the supplies tells her to get the broadband channel up and sends a message for the coward marco Inaros. you've hunted me and my kind but we remain unbent unbroken unbowed while he is nothing walker says so much for anonymity rosenfield failed decided that uh if philip won't step up she's gonna have to be the one that goes in the lion den lion's den 
and she is committed to her own desires of governorship of medina station but she gonna regret that decision something tells me in some way some fashion she gonna regret that decision <laughs> um so yeah this is um her being like look i didn't space the one guy she's placating him you were right about the other two but hey that would have uh, hurt morale this is why someone's got to step up to you um it's not going to be your son philip it's going to have to be me but if i am going to be the one that checks and balances i want so on and so forth marco admitted it was personal revenge for what she did to him <laughs> philip in the mess hall he checks up look something that um marco would never think to do actually care about his people uh <laughs> he joins tato where he's sitting he asks about his brother if he's heard any news he asks about the the missile and tato tells him the warhead was uh was aborted essentially and while tato can't understand why anyone on that ship would possibly uh must have been a misfire because why would they abort the missile um philip might know someone who would or at least knows that their influence may have influenced that decision in some capacity because several times it's we could have died we could have died everyone could have died like that was their moment to die and she spared his life in his mind somehow her actions or her influence spared his life but she's right uh but this was uh the second punch to his solar solar plexus followed by the third when kamina drummers uh the rest of her message is played for everyone to hear i'm guessing in the belt <laughs> i love <laughs> i loved uh just the way kamina might drop the shit out of him she said uh she filmed that shit i stole your supplies uh you stole this from your own people you abandoned series and you have become the thing that you said you hated not only do i hope you live shamed i hope you die empty what what up cuz what what up blood what what up gangster we don't play that we don't play that we don't play that you we don't play she is exposing him for trash like she just basically took his face and smeared mud on it like look look you guys are starving you got three fucking weeks of supplies look at all this shit i found it sitting out here for who this is for you he took it from you you've been caught up in <laughs> all he got is medina station and I'm sure she's going to hit the rest of the supply depot so that we don't need to keep seeing the same thing happen over and over again. We know this was his first stop, so she's ahead of the game. Uh, so good way to set up the rest of that story arc that's probably about to unfold. Because I think next episode we're going to be on series station because I read the synopsis. And uh, I think next station I'm not going to be able, I'm going to need a respirator. <laughs> So I'm finally going to get a long-awaited reunion between two of 
the most badass characters on this show and that are belter and have more that need to have a voice out there counteracting because Sanjani is very much pro Marco right now granted that's the only card to play but if you get them to flip and drummer comes in oh 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 so everyone is chattering but all know that philip is in the room so <laughs> he's embarrassed of course he's angry a lot of people think that when you react angrily that must mean you're angry like you're believing what you're saying out of your mouth to be the truth no that was that was the last everything that his father is telling him he keeps getting well that's a lie well that's a lie <laughs> well that's a lie so of course under this stress this embarrassment overwhelmed of these people his people that he really does want to care about and be a good leader for that he was telling everyone it was worth it he has to stand up and say there is no turning back like we fought for this all the bloodshed all the people we've lost it has to be worth it there is no turning back he's trying to commit himself more so than he's trying to commit that room and that's why he has that look on his face when he's walking away because he is devastated he can no longer unsee <laughs> the truth what he does about that does he just continue in denial or does he actually try to do something uh the the aborted missile that being in the Pella's uh, arsenal now, and I bet that's going to be either a red herring, because I feel like it's a red herring, or it's actually going to be uh, um, a, a good point of the story. It would be real uh, poetic, really, that the missile that uh, spares his life, gives him a second chance at life, is the thing that actually saves his life in some way. Uh, or it could be something that he does to to save his own soul in some way if he maybe i don't know that sounds very far-fetched though that's why i think it's a red herring i'm like yeah that's very you know they're on their way to series station and you know they're not they're already on their way to the ring i don't think that um well we know that they can time jump whatever the fuck they want to <laughs> to get the rossi back to the ring but i'm not sure if they're gonna make it back make it to the that final or a final showdown i'm not uh i'm not sure about that but they might have had to make some changes we know carino gonna be but as far as philip or as far as that missile i don't think drum you know oh i still have control over this missile i'm gonna fight no <laughs> I think it was all just to to give uh, Philip or for Philip to know that his life was like they everyone's life was spared and the only only reason why is because of him which means his mother has to love him despite the fact that he was going to kill those people the fact that he left her 
to die she still loved him enough or you know that love that she had for him was enough to spare his life um i love that this message of drummers came right as marco was you know pouring a drink with rosenfeld as he's got a little bit of more invigorated zest <laughs> that he would burst the bubble i have a feeling those supplies were for yeah they were for medina station so if he don't show up with those supplies yeah because the medina stations are like who the fuck is supplying them it ain't the it ain't laconia they ain't up and running so they needed to keep doing whatever they're doing at medina station to hold that to hold that um crown jewel which is why karina wanted to just secure it to hold that crown jewel he needs to be able to uh siege essentially um and now he doesn't have his supplies <laughs> you gotta love um you just gotta love when it's poetic when someone when when things unravel in a manner that is so predictably <laughs> like yes the rossi got what we say lucky i mean a lot of people's not giving naomi her credit for the fact that she deciphered what the fuck he was like that data all that stuff that she does <laughs> figuring things out it may seem just like oh science talk and we don't understand it so of course we just bypass it by but it's she's cracking a lot of shit she's cracking the code um because of the rossi avasarala is able to do what she's able to do so um it's not just that they're getting lucky they're they're good at what they do uh they pulled out a ballsy ass mission because that's what they do and because they they kind of have a foot in both worlds they're the only person uh primed in the position as history tends to be to do what they do so let's go to this one ship i didn't talk about the one ship last week because it was uh it was just a fight <laughs> and i already said i'm not into the whole you know sweet pea honey buns uh what was the other one uh, I got done with it very quickly, but it was kind of like, yeah, the part of the person that knocks out, they just wanted to blow off some steam and Bobby definitely got the upper hand because Amos is all brute force. <laughs> he ain't got no training. So someone said online to me like, oh yeah, would, would it be Bobby or Amos? I'm like, Bobby. <laughs> Amos could never and you saw he had to literally cheat just to win but hey all's fair so she accepts the distraction uh, and him you know getting her down on the deck first but it, it was a cutesy scene but too many people <laughs> it's funny because there was this uh every time there's an interracial couple and i'm sorry this is just a a, a fandom sidebar when there's an interracial couple in sci-fi or anything people are like why can't a man and a woman just be friends 
that is the everyone is usually always saying it men and women and then every time it happens to be in this show or any other show like amos stands next to a woman are they flirting could they be a couple like five seconds ago it was clarissa now it's bobby <laughs> and i'm and i'm going well, why can't they be friends so on the one shift this week clarissa is on the night shift calling holden boss gets news her father was found dead in his cell after she does some routine maintenance type of shit and goes in the galley to eat she activates her mods at this news and destroys said galley why was it shown through the cameras uh, i think for two reasons and this is just one a uh, a theory or what do you call it, prediction and the second one i just really like seeing it from a filming from that angle <laughs> you know and then you read it the camera like you know dim this lights or whatever the case may be she then wakes up and wishes he would have loved her because she's talking to herself and my second theory is the this is all being recorded so that my guest naomi is going to find this footage later on and it's going to be the moment she decides to start talking to her uh as she too is going through some grief and she ain't gonna be able to talk to amos about it and she sure as shit ain't gonna t- <laughs> you know because then uh you know she lost the father figure too um naomi right and sin they, we haven't talked about that but that is something that weighs on her in book six a lot of the things that naomi goes through in book six uh was very condensed even book five um as i said previously this is the uh the 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 rise of naomi's character and it's our first rise of her character and then the rest of the the books she's a much more prominent figure than she was in the previous books and i do love that they gave naomi much more agency in the show um i know i was being critical of the the adaptation version or some of the decisions but i do know it was with an intention to give her way more agency than she did in those first four books um what else oh yeah that's my yeah the fact that sin you know she loves sin very much uh you know she didn't have any intention of killing him or hurting him but at the same time he disappointed her uh, as a person (laughs) and did terrible things so i think that naomi would be able to talk to clarissa about this because she leaves just cleaning up her mess or the episode ends with her cleaning up her mess she's so angry so uh that's all i have to say really about that i i um i guess i'm not i'm just not connecting with the acting i wish i was because i do really like the character peaches in the book a lot a lot a lot and alex is still there (laughs) wow i have talked my head off a whole hour so that is the perfect segue to some feedback so let's hop on into this mailbag
Hey there, Christina. I am going to give it a go on this recording thing so you can stop having to read my feedback. This is Parthenia and I am giving my feedback on The Expanse, season six, episode four, Redoubt. Um, I am seeing the dots, the dots connect here with the opening scenes. I have not read the books. So this is all new to me. Um, the girl taking her brother, possibly to that creature, to bring her brother to life. Okay, I saw that coming, but then what? Like, he brings him back to life. Does everyone just, you know, get over it? Like, oh my God, it's a miracle. Or is it gonna be weird? Cause I think it would be weird. Or maybe I'm just, I, I've seen too many sci-fi ghost type movies. I don't know. But if my son died, I'd be happy. But like, I wouldn't trust him the same. Like, you've been dead. It, I don't know. It seems weird. I don't know where this is going. But okay. So moving on. Um, this girl, Peaches. I have a lot of issues with Peaches that aren't real issues about the show in itself. But Peaches just happens to be my nickname. So <laughs> that's crazy on my part. But she does not look like a Peaches. Is this her nickname in the book? I have to get past this, I know. But um, can we tell Peaches to sit back and shut up for a second? Like, really, you're doing good enough just to be on the ship, okay? Now you run and tell that. Mind your business. Like you said, this is above your pay grade. Evidently, the captain of the ship, he did what he had to do, what he felt he had to do. That ain't none of your business at all. Like, fall back, please. I don't know, but the whole character, like I really do not remember anything about this Peach's character prior to Amos saving her from jail or rescuing her out of that jail when everything was going down. So I, 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 don't, I really have deleted her out of the series. I don't know why, but she didn't stick with me. Um, so I guess I just don't like her character anyway. I don't know. And then I really, I really wanna like her because I really wanna see like, how does her whole mods thing work? But it's really not translating onto the screen well. So that bothers me too. Like I said, I got issues with Peaches and they just don't make sense, but Whatever, it is what it is. <clears throat> um, moving on, because I don't know how long or short this is supposed to be. Um, Marcos Sinaros, he is mad and he is pouting like a baby and it is showing. You out here spacing everybody, really in your emotions, becoming a true damn tyrant. It's not a good look. I mean, I know he's the bad guy, but like, I don't know. I kind of always like the bad guys a little bit, but he's flipping his wig. You like, you just gonna space everybody? If the if the captain of that ship questions your decision, space him too. Like, so what is happening here? I'm glad that his second in command checks him and is not afraid to check him. Like British, she has her own uh, things that she wants to get out of it, like everybody does. I mean, we shouldn't be doing things for nothing, right? So she has a long-term goal that she's trying to get to, but also like nobody else on this ship will check him. Like, dude, you tripping. 
you tripping for real for real you're just killing everybody nobody's gonna like you when you start doing that nobody's gonna trust you in fact what happens when people start doing that is an insurgence like they run over you they they plan to kill you like is this what you're looking forward to is this what you want i'm glad she's checking him on that and i don't know i like her character anyway um also philippe poor baby i mean he's he's working through all his emotions as well he's a little unstable kind of like his daddy he really needs his mother in his life but i see that he's trying or that the character is trying um again i don't know how it is in the books i know you say he's supposed to be young i can't get past the fact that he does not really look young so in my mind it looks like a young adult not a teenager so i can't imagine a teenager having to make these decisions and go through these changes like they're making this character go through i mean he looks like he's i don't know 18 through 21 at the youngest and he just doesn't have a nurturing father but he's supposed to be so great and do all these things and be so evil like dude you want him to kill his mother that's on you you kill his mom if that's how you feel but why would you put that on your son like I don't know. That's neither here nor there. Not this episode. I get it. But when he was working with the uh, the repair crew, Philippe was working with the, the other guy, and he's teaching him how to do this, he finds out that the nuke was disarmed before it struck them. So I'm wondering, does he think my mother did this for me? Like, my mother tried to save my life? Because you could see he had an aha moment, like, oh, okay, it didn't go off. Hmm. I was wondering what, where's that gonna lead? Like, cause I'm sure he doesn't think that. Uh, I can't even think of your boy on the other ship, on the Rasenate, the captain over there. I'm sure he doesn't think that he saved his life, but possibly that his mother still loves him and is still kind of trying to reaching out and saving his life. Does I wonder if that's gonna have any effect on his decision making from this point out um especially with his relationship with his dad um i don't know moving on uh that girl on drummond's i should have wrote her name down but it was really early this morning when i was watching it and all i could do was drink coffee but the girl on drummond's uh ship that they were trying to get off the ship because she wasn't ready for battle listen the best thing they did was keep her, and they know it now. She is good under pressure. Cutting that boy's arm off to save his life, like, it was boom, boom, boom for her. She didn't even have a second thought about it. She's like, this is what we need to do. Done. Okay, sorry, slight disturbance there. My four-year-old was trying to get up in this mix. Um, yeah, so she got in there, cut his arm off, saved his life she did what needed to be done and that's actually that's the type of person that you want on your team so it hey worked out in their favor that she actually stuck around um the last thing i think i had to say was at the end when they watched drummond's statement towards marcos philippe snapped and I'm trying to figure out 
Does he really believe what he is saying or is he psyching himself up for the fight ahead? Is he protecting his father's reputation or is he like, you know what, enough is enough. We in war, if I gotta kill somebody, I gotta kill somebody, that's what I'm gonna do, cool. Or is he just trying to show face? Is he trying to seem like he's the guy that his father really wants him to be? I don't know where his character is going here. It's actually, it's getting hard for me to follow. I don't know. But um, overall, I think it was a good episode. I enjoyed the episode. Um, the guys, when Drummond went to steal or to check out what those crates were, I was surprised that there were people in it. That was a surprising move there. Um, I need more detail on that. I'm a little lost about that part and everything that was really going down. But other than that, really enjoyed this episode. Um, thanks for all your reviews. You guys do a great job and happy new year. And check you guys out next episode. Bye. Thank you, Parthenia, for your thoughts on the episode. You said, and then what? <laughs> In regards to La La Laconia, uh, you're correct. Children and adults do see things very differently. So I think you may get an answer to your and then what question. <laughs> your nickname is Peaches. That is adorable. I don't eat peaches. I don't like peaches. I've never been served peaches. It's supposed to have something to do with Melba. I don't know what the connection is either, but I'm going with it. <laughs> it is her nickname in the book. Clarissa is Peaches. Um, you said sit back and shut up for a second. <laughs> oh, mind your business. Mind your business. Uh, true. But Amos would have found out anyway. I'm pretty sure he double checks all her work. I think that Clarissa in herself is fine as a character, but I'm I'm agreeing with you on the uh I'm not really a fan of the portrayal. I do like uh the good guy being just as interesting as the uh, the bad guy I should say being as good or as interesting as the good guy but Marco is uh, while I could put on my blinders the first season when he was strutting around looking all sexy <laughs> um, he's definitely showing his true colors and right now he's a petty child throwing a tantrum Rosenfeld is definitely assertive but is she gonna let him or herself how how much is she willing to sacrifice the law word sacrifice for what they believe is sacred in this episode she seems to have aligned herself despite her worry despite what's going on around her she's not infallible and marco is entirely too unpredictable if it benefits him to throw you under the bus he's gonna put you before uh the firing squad so if i was rosenfeld it doesn't seem as if she's a character playing or straddling both sides she seems like she's in over her head and she's posturing in this assertiveness it's not truly who she is like both of them that's why they probably get on they're wearing masks 
And you and Mimi are the same, both seeing uh, Philip as a grown-ass man, the actor as well, Jesse Owens. That doesn't feel right. Uh, <laughs> I think it is Jesse something. I learned men don't mature mentally until they're 24. Just a fun fact. But they got to control a lot of things prior to that age, like kingdoms. Even though they they believe that women were more mature, this is what they say. They don't even, yeah. Mankind don't make sense. Some of it just don't make sense. Philip is overwhelmed, but is still uh, is still able to be himself. I think away from his father's aura. Uh, that nuke really messed with him in the head and so I, I think that he's um i'm not sure where he's gonna go in the next episode <laughs> i still think because we had this idea of him learning how to to drive a skiff this episode he's uh you know he's, he's taking to an apprenticeship in a certain aspect i mean he felt really proud of himself patching that and i think that's probably the first time he's had he's done something and then not only that, he was shown like, oh, good job. Like, this is what healthy relationships look like. <laughs> so I think that they are going to go in my, just in my own predictive mind where I think they're going to go. Michio, yes, I'm so glad she stayed too. And this is why you need Michio. Michio is that, that you know, you got the devil. That's what your family is. You got differing opinions but they're both valid in, in differing ways. Um, she may not be able to to launch torpedoes in a stealthy mission, but once she's in her element, she's amazing. She said, I love you, but I got to handle this. Uh, I think that Philip is his father's reputation. So if he's a coward, his father, then he himself feels like he's a coward. I think he's showing face, but his expression says he is beyond <laughs> his breaking point. There's only so much that it's going to take. And I think that this was, this felt way more final as in he's going to finally either we're going to see him standing next to his father on the Pella committed, or he is going to start making other <laughs> type of plans in his mind people or he might decide i think he's going right now to confront his father uh and i think they're about to have it out like really have it out in a way they haven't had it out before and he stopped him on the bridge but i think them alone in a room together we haven't seen that yet we've seen marco continue to win every time i think there might be one more battle in which marco not going to say they have the last word and we know that the people who can hurt Marco the most is the ones that he has the most belief in him. <laughs> his little acolytes. So yeah, his family fucking him in his brain. I think that would be a perfect come up in, to the end of that story arc. Uh, people in crates. Uh, that was, they were talking about how they used it for ransom. But I also think it's a callback to some future storyline that is completely irrelevant other than the fact that belters use crates um they're very good at 
smuggling, living under the radar, playing that guerrilla war tactics. They are, uh, what is that country? Vietnam. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's my only analogy. But I hope to hear from you before the end of the season. We got two more episodes to go. And once again, happy, happy holiday. Happy New Year. Unfortunately, my dearest loves cannot join us tonight. But I'm sure Mimi and Shy will be back for the penultimate episode. Oh, and don't worry about the time <laughs> constraint at all. Uh, until I have like 50 people in my inbox, <laughs> I'm not going to care too much. I, I try to say 10 minutes or less. But Mimi doesn't know what that means, and <laughs> I never falter for it. Shy's just salting that she can't go over, or she would. So don't worry about the time constraint. Get your thoughts out. I'm not going to turn anybody away. <laughs> so if you want to send feedback for our next episode, blackocouchatgmail.com, you can leave a comment below on this podcast. My social media will be there as well. Remember to like, share, subscribe. Until next time, peace, hair grease, and black or magic.